podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Michelle, and today we're going to have with us Lucas Curtis, my base brethren. You can find Lucas on the internet at lucascurtis.com. That's L-U-Q-U-E-S-C-U-R-T-I-S.com. There you could find all his bio information and calendar and anything you might need to be interested all things Lucas. Uh just to give you guys a a little bit of his history, Lucas is from Connecticut, born in Hartford, and he attended the Greater Hartford Academy of Performing Arts, the Artist Collective under the direction of Jackie McLean, and he studied with Dave Santora and Nat Reeves. Among others, he attended Berkeley, and while in Boston, he was working with greats as Gary Burton and Ralph Peterson and Francisco Mela. Now you could find him playing with the great maestro Eddie Palmieri and Sean Jones, as well as Donald Harrison, amongst others. And he's also a founding member and leader of the group's Insight and the Curtis Brothers Quartet, both of which he leads with his brother, Zakai. Uh, Lucas is also the... F- the founder, one of the founders and one of the producers with Truth Revolution Records. So let's welcome Lucas Curtis to the podcast. What's up, man? Chilling, man. How's everything going? Good, man. Um, <laughs> I like to, uh, man, I've known Lucas for a really long time. Yeah. We met uh, back in the late 90s at this, uh, this adjudication festival. And I, I'll always remember this, man. <laughs> There was uh, this band that played this ridiculous version, probably still one of the best versions of Autumn Leaves I've ever heard, man. And this cat was just, like, killing this upright bass. And this was when I was, like, I was just getting into, you know, learning about, you know, walking lines and jazz and stuff. And um, I thought I was, like, a, I, was, I was I felt good about myself as a bass player, you know what I mean? And uh, I was, like, maybe 14 or 15. This cat was just, like, tearing it up, you know? And uh, at this session, it was, like, uh, the adjudication, it was Don Braden, I think, Mark Mark Whitfield, yeah. and uh, Reggie. Reggie, yeah. Reggie Workman. <laughs> Reggie Workman, Mr. Workman. And um, I re- I'll never forget this. I was like, man, this cat just killed. I wonder what they're going to say, you know? And Mr. Workman was like, you know, um, why do you why, why aren't you going down into, into thumb position? <laughs> and I was like, is this brother really... <laughs> you know, and of course, you know, now I know better, you know, and he, you know, he knew you could play, you know, so he was just trying to he present like the challenge. Hook me up. Yeah, you know, but uh, that's, that's the first time I met Lucas. That's the first time I met all the cats, man. Uh, Latin flavor. Yeah, man, yeah, that was, that was the hang, man. <laughs> the basement hang, you know. Yeah, man. We used to just get together, every, you know, once a week, Saturday, Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. Every week and just get together in the basement, bring originals, try to do arrangements, yeah. um, playing you know songs for the Apache songs, whoever mm-hmm. you know could transcribe. Um, uh, one of our teachers, mentors at the time, uh, Ed, Mr. Ed Fast, mm-hmm. used to bring us you know bring us charts and we just run through them and 
Yeah, that was the hang, man. That was the yeah, man. <laughs> killing, good days. Killing cats. I think, as a matter of fact, I think both Damien and Sakai played that yeah. day. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Both I, piano, I, or, I, or yeah, I think they both played piano. I don't, I because I remember both of them were there. You uh-huh. know, I just can't remember exactly what the specifically. Oh, you know who else was there too? Yeah. Ted Rosenthal. Oh yeah, that's right, Ted. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, you know, I got a picture from that. Really? Yeah, oh, well, that... just with us with the with the judges. Yeah. Right. Oh, killing. Yeah, but um, David might have been playing uh, percussion, cymbalist. Uh, he could have been there. So Latin flavor, right? Mm-hmm. And then. Years later, the next time I heard, like, the first time I heard something produced from you guys, it was as a band called Insight. Yeah. And what was what was that, you know, what was the transition or was it like a, a decision or how'd that go? Well, basically um, what happened was most, uh, Zakai went up to Boston. It was, um, uh, when we made the transition, I had to be, I guess, a, a junior in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zakai left. He went up to Boston. Um, I mean, junior in, in high school. Sorry, mm-hmm. Zik, um, and he was already playing with cats up there, forming his own. You know, friends. He met up with uh, Zach. This guy, Zach Lucas, mm-hmm. the alto player, um, uh, Frank Kazira, tenor player. You know, yeah. he, was, he was making his own stuff up there happening. Right. And, and we were still, you know, Richie, uh, Joel, yeah. um, uh, uh, me. Um, you know, a couple of us were still back back home. You right. know, back just chilling. You know. Seeing what was happening next with Insta, with Latin flavor at the time, mm-hmm. so in order um, to make an, a true, you know, to try to play with people that Zakai wanted to play with, also and the and the old band, we had to kind of change the name because we right. felt always Latin flavor was a group, you know, the group. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Insight. Insight was always been like just a group name, like everybody involved with Insight was was Insight, you know, right, right. that's what it was. Yeah. So um, so he wanted to deal with the, the people up there, so. Once, once he wanted to make that uh, transition, we changed the name to Insight. Mm-hmm. You know, just to keep it so that um, the cats from Latin Flavor, it wasn't. You know, it was like just a clean break, a whole new new right. band. You know, right, right. And also, Latin Flavor got a little childish. <laughs> right, right, right. The name Latin like Flavor was like, you know, cats, we used to show up to, to concerts with different colored shirts on. You know, it's like, okay. you know, it yeah. was it was a kiss band, you know. Right, right, right. And we kind of wanted to get away from the kiss thing mm-hmm. and, and, you know, show people that we we're actually getting older. Right, you know? right. Okay, and then, so you mentioned you mentioned Zach and you mm-hmm. mentioned uh, Frank Kazira. Yeah. Um, who else? Who else was uh, part of the Insight? Uh, uh, Gustavo Belhardine, which was a percussionist that mm-hmm. Zakai had met up in Boston, uh, and later that's how we met Ray. Uh, Ray Alvarez, okay. because yeah. Gustavo couldn't make some stuff, so we we started using Ray. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, but Richie Richie. Um, me, Joel, were always, you know, back in Connecticut. Joel was uh, a year older, so he graduated the next year and went, mm-hmm. went up to Berkeley, so okay. Boston. So everybody was kind of congregating up in Boston. Right. Uh, Richie and I were still back home, mm-hmm. you know, sitting on our hands, trying right. to be like, you know, itching to play. But sure. it was, you know. Sure. We had, had, to, had to get high school out of the way, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then, so then, again, kind of fast forward a few years, and um, I think the next record was the... Curtis Brothers Quartet record? Yeah. So, um, well, yes. Um, what kind of happened was everybody was getting busy with their own. You know, it's hard to keep a seven-piece on the road. Sure. We had went to California for a couple tours, uh, playing like San Jose Jazz Festival, mm-hmm. uh, Cool this place down in San, um, Santa Cruz. But um, uh, we ended up uh, having to kind of split up, you know, just, just stick with the core rhythm section just because right. um, it was hard to bring the cats on the road money-wise. Mm-hmm. Um some of the charts we were also uh, started hearing. We wanted to do arrangements of Bud Powell songs. You know, we wanted to start doing doing a smaller kind of kind of vibe. And mm-hmm. once we started doing that, um, the the rhythm road 
the thing up for Lincoln Center. Yeah. Um, uh, well, Lincoln Center used to do it. I think now the Kennedy Center runs it. Okay. But they needed to um, a band to, to go out on, on the road. Mm-hmm. So we auditioned for that. We actually got accepted, and we ended up going to India mm-hmm. just as a quartet. Yeah. So we, got, we were able to get the tight, you know, the music tight. We were mm-hmm. able to play a lot together. Um, so the next thing we did was re- obviously record a CD after we got off the road. Right. And so, what's, what's the name of that album? Uh, Blood, Spirit, Land, Water, Freedom. It's a long, long name. I right. sometimes forget. I'm like, what is it? <laughs> but, sure. And that was that was the first TRR release, right? Was that, that the first TRR That was release? the second one. I, yeah, I believe the first one was the was Insight, the one featuring Jimmy Green. Ah, right, Genesis. right, right. Oh, so that that was a TRR. That was, that was. I think that was our first one. Okay, that was our okay. First one. I, I I didn't know if you if you released it under TRR. If you released it, kind of just like I, I, yeah, because we've been we, we've been messing with TRR for a while. We we just you know it took a while for us to get the get the stuff together. Uh, you know, just right. get the name. Um, but that was I believe that's our first release okay. under there. Yeah, sure, man. That's one of my one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of like, and then after that, the next record is. Um, let me see the Curtis Brothers Quartet, and then Trophies right. Approved. Yeah. Basically, with that one, um, uh, at the time, um, I was playing with Ralph Peterson and So Was the Kai, uh, and all these people that are part of that CD influenced us hugely in some way. Like, um, we used Donald Harrison, um, which was the, our first touring band, Zakai and I's first touring band. Um, we used uh, Jimmy Green, which you know, yeah. Jimmy Green, we know since we were kids. Yeah. And um, we always looked up to him. Uh, and then we, we used uh, Ralph, obviously. Ralph, you know, got my time together. <laughs> you know, I remember the first time playing with Ralph, it was just, you know, I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> we were just looking around like, wait, what the? You know, but, um, and then we used Joe Ford, which, mm-hmm. you know, we've been listening to Joe Ford since yeah. Ford Apache did. Yeah. You know, we listened, yeah. you know, forever. My dad used to bring us to his gigs. Um Pedro Martinez, we used, uh, which at the time uh, he was a also big influence on us with the Cuban music, you know, right. and just what he was bringing to um, with the team by stuff, the, the new stuff that he was bringing to the to New York. Right. But yeah, it was. Um, and Bri- oh, I forgot Brian Lynch. Oh yeah, <laughs> Bri- Brian Lynch is the yeah he's the key. The, the he hooked uh, me up a lot with uh, you know he hooked me up with the Eddie Palmieri gig, mm-hmm. um, and he, at the time Zakai was also also playing in his jazz band. So right, right, yeah. yeah. And then our boy Rosario. Oh yeah, Rosario. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Rosario is I, I know since you know same yep. same time I know yep. you. So. Yeah. All right, so we're going to go to a break, and uh, this first tune we're going to hear is actually from the the Insight record, uh, one of my favorite tracks on there. It's called Hint. Hint Hilton's Roomba. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that was that Yeah, that was that was made for um Mr. Hilton Ruiz, uh, you know, uh, rest in peace, but uh he was a huge influence on my brother and I. He used to come up to Connecticut when we were, you know, we we're 14, 15. We really didn't know what was happening mm-hmm. at the time. Right. Um you know, we just, you know, Hilton Ruiz, yeah, but but we didn't really know what the, how the effort was to, for him to actually go up there. Right. You know, from New York. Right. And hang with us the whole day with the kids, and and just you know he would just they'd be there, give us pointers. Um, you know, my mom would cook, so it'd just be a feast. Mm-hmm. Like we'd just sit in the living room, chill, eat, listen to music. Yeah. Um, uh, and he was 
amazing. Like I'm talking about, like just as you know, my perception as a kid. Right. You know, he was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, uh, you know, not only a great pianist, but he also hooked us up uh, with just you know whatever questions we had. Very, right. you know, uh, very knowledgeable. He used to call my brother a lot. Um, just, just call him. Be like, man, there's a there's a new this competition that that you know I really want you to to apply for. Right. And he's actually one of the ones that um, that hooked us up with uh, Rhythm Road one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so he was, you know, he just was always there. Like, you know, we didn't communicate with him. There'll be like a year that went by we didn't communicate with him. Mm-hmm. But then, like when it when it did happen, there right. was always something. That was something good. So, um, and then he he called us for a, he called me for a gig one time. Um, this is maybe right before he passed, mm-hmm. and it was up in Springfield. We did a we did a hit, and you know, he just. He was so, you know, encouraging, like, man, yeah. stay with it. There's the music, you know, check this mm-hmm. out, check this out. Mm-hmm. And so um, when he passed, we decided that we should write something for him, you know, just, just Beautiful. you know, something that's, yeah, you'll hear it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so this is from the Insight record. What was the name of that record? Uh, Genesis. Genesis, indeed. Yeah. And it features Jimmy Green along with Zach Lucas. Right? Yeah, Chris Allen's on there, too. Chris this, Allen. This is the one, yeah, this is Chris um, Allen. Uh, Joel, Joel uh, Gonzalez, Joel Gonzalez, um, Richie Barche, yeah. Reynaldo de Jesus, mm-hmm. my brother and I. I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. So, so enjoy Hilton's Roomba, and we'll be back.
so so you, and you just mentioned it you just mentioned eddie you mentioned donald um i know you did some uh some sub work with ford apache um uh brian lynch yeah. you know there's all these all these great masters of the music you know that you've recorded with toured with rehearsed with you know done all sorts of stuff you want to talk about that a little bit about the masters and like what it's like what it's like to not necessarily what it's like to be around them but like some of the things that you're maybe how you learned from them yeah um well i'll start with uh donald that was, that was the really the first um my first road gig the first one i was actually going out um traveling uh the world you know going to europe for you know weeks at a time right and i was still i was actually still in college i had to be maybe a sophomore mm-hmm. when i started traveling with with um uh with donald mm-hmm. but um but yeah i learned man it's 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 i always feel like people could tell you as much you know as as many things as they want but unless you ex- experience the, the situation of going out on the road and and um uh, being with somebody you know elder like a, like donald that's that's that knows exactly what's going on right. you're not really going to learn like right. there's things that um, like we would go out and like just just you know we would be doing kids stuff like you know we're still young, mm-hmm. playing games in the airport or you know <laughs> right, right, <laughs> doing right. things like that. And, and Donald would give us that look like oh you know you better chill out you know mm-hmm. these guys could take you and you know you don't know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But so we you know we we kind of learned how to act um, professional, especially in when you have to like you know in in situation airport situations, um, like when you're in a uh, you're talking to a promoter or talking. You know, we learned a lot of, a lot of little things of how to how to uh, present yourself right. toward toward people, um, and so they don't get an image, uh, you know, a certain image about you that mm-hmm. that you don't want. Uh, and it's real easy, like you know, people could take uh, take things cer- a certain way, you know. But if you're really assertive with the way you are, like if you're really, um, if you know who with the way you want to, yourself to come across, then mm-hmm. then um, then I think you'll be cool. And that's I learned that from Donald, like you know. He would come and he's like one of the most professional cats you know you could talk to, mm-hmm. and even you know just spend time with. But and everything is constantly a lesson. Like it's doesn't matter you know what situation you are. It doesn't matter oh how old I'm still learning things from Donald. You know right. every time I play with him, like right. uh, even if he's in the same room, he's always you know it's constant, constant. Um, but uh, but so I, I started traveling with him um, maybe for about three years until mm-hmm. until I was actually a senior, but. Um, uh, at around that time, Gary Burton was putting together a band. Right. So I lucked out with. Um, I started going on a roll with Gary, and Gary's like a. Uh, he he's uh, I don't know how to explain it, but it's he he's a very structured person. Like mm-hmm. everything, like I've to this day, I still haven't um, gotten uh, emails that are so organized. You know about tours and mm-hmm. and um, so I was kind of spoiled kind of spoiled early right, like right. donald was kind of like the opposite like you would be like well, we're going to europe tomorrow but we don't know where we're flying <laughs> out of mm-hmm. you know we don't know where we're going right you know something like that but gary would have everything mapped out mm-hmm. you would know times uh places promoters names right. you know oh, wow. everything was yeah. like was mapped mm-hmm. and like to this day i still <laughs> gary's that, that was like yeah, the most that was it. <laughs> yeah that was like i was like dang i was very much spoiled with that right but um but yeah, going on the road with Gary, that was like a whole nother um no whole nother thing. Mm-hmm. Like um he was more uh Donald kinda let us uh play. Like it was kinda like he just let us open up, we let us do what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. We kinda just went in and, and, and played us. Like, yeah. you know, we just went in there and had a great time, you know, just but just doing us. Right. Um Gary on the other hand, 
Gary wanted us to play, but he was he also had an idea of how he wanted us to play, mm-hmm. which kind of made us um, play a certain way. Which also I say it opened up my playing more than I think, probably more than anything. Mm-hmm. I want to say that not more than anything, but at that time probably more. Yeah. Just because by having to play a certain way, I had to learn how to. Um, make myself sound interesting by playing a certain right, way, right. which I'm not used to. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm used to going in and just you know playing how just I feel, whatever. Right, right. But um, he kind of wanted us to arc our our solos a certain way. He wanted us to kind of solo, like if we did solo, um, like you know one bass solo set. He made sure that that's exactly what's happening. And I, I had these certain songs that I soloed on, like a blues, and then um, this song in, in E flat. But um, uh, he he wanted us to arc it the same way that was on the record. Like, because we did a record, Next mm-hmm. Generations. Okay. And right. um, he wanted us to do it exactly that way. At least start it that way and mm-hmm. have the same arc so that people in the audience would, right. you know, could identify, could identify with it. And they would, they would be cool. Like, and he, he kept saying, you know, never play for the musicians. There's no, you know, there's like five musicians in the audience. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what they think. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you know, 250 or the 300 people, the yeah. other people are the right. ones that you want to connect with. Those right. are the guys that, that, you know, that listened to the album. They bought the album. Mm-hmm. They came here to see, you know, what they heard on the album. Yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah that it, it, at first I was a little like dang man you know I can't I can't open up I can't right, do me, right, right. but then I started thinking about it and made it made so much sense like it's in his crowd also that's that's what what it was right. you know that's right. what they wanted to hear, right. um, and every tune every tune was timed like you mm-hmm. know we knew exactly how you know he mm-hmm. timed the courses so he yeah. knew how exactly yeah. the, all the sets mm-hmm. you know if we had a seventy five minute set we ended at seventy five minutes perfect right, right, like you right. know if we had ninety minutes set ninety minutes right. perfect everything mm-hmm. was was timed perfect mm-hmm. um, he knew exactly how how long he would talk for you know everything was yeah. was, was wow. structured was wow. structured and opposed it, to like now you'd be like damn how much time we got right, right, right. <laughs> oh man I gotta cut these two tunes. yeah yeah I gotta cut these two songs what the right. heck you know that's one of those things it's like um, there's freedom and discipline, mm-hmm. you know, because you just get put into these parameters and you're like, man, I got to be creative somehow. Yeah. And, it, and it's, and it like, it's like using a muscle you haven't used. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's like yeah. forcing you to like, you know, do a one arm push up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know and then eventually right. you could do a one arm push up and then your two arm push up gets that much better, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So it's like, wow. That's, yeah, that's, that's exactly, cool. exactly what you're talking about. Is and, and also like, our, our solos were, you know, we only had a certain amount of courses. We can't go over, mm-hmm. can't go under. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. So you kind of have to learn how to get to your stuff, but get to it fast right. and get to it efficient. Like mm-hmm. you got to be, you know, got to mm-hmm. be nice. You can't mm-hmm. be, you know, playing wrong stuff. It's yeah. like you got, you know, two more yep. bars. Yep. <laughs> you, you can't, can't make it. Right. You can't fix it on the next <laughs> yeah. time. Right? You're like, oh, you know, I'm a, okay, 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 next time. So yeah. It made me very conscious, like, mm-hmm. of, of what I was doing, too, which mm-hmm. which opened up my stuff. It made me conscious on the stuff I was playing with Donald. It made me more conscious of everything mm-hmm. I was doing and stuff with Insight. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so I, uh, let me just go through and just yeah, talk about yeah. So after, after that was kind of um, – Gary was traveling. I was going on the road a lot with, with that. Uh, my senior year of college and my first year, like right after college, I moved to New York. So my first year in New York. So I lucked out with having a, a road right, gig whilst actually still living, you know, living in New York. So around that same time, my first year in New York, um, I, I met up with, with uh, Brian Lynch. Mm. Brian called me to play his his album Simpatico, which won the Grammy. Yeah. Yeah. And... Um, and I, that's how I kind of I knew about Eddie, and you know I used to go see um, Eddie Palmieri, see his uh, performances all the time. And we did this, we did the Vail Jazz Camp, and he was there, mm-hmm. but I never got a chance to actually play with him. And that right. was the first time I got to play with him. Mm-hmm. 
and I lucked out by at the time he was looking for a bass player mm-hmm. like you know mm-hmm. uh, and I got a date uh Eddie the second his his manager um gave me a gave me a like a you know we're traveling I think to Maine or somewhere we're traveling up up upstate somewhere and he was like yeah so we leave this day but he didn't tell me out of where out of what airport like <laughs> he gave me a time but I didn't realize where it was so I would never forget the night before I'm calling everybody I'm calling airports trying to find out <laughs> you know what time this flight is you know if if they actually have flights at this time right. um I'm calling him his phone's off mm. And I just, that was my first gig with them with Eddie Palmer. Wow. <laughs> like I was stressing out like right. about where. And finally, like at five o'clock in the morning, he calls me back. He's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you." Yes, yeah, Laguardia. And right away, I had to get on a in a, in a right. tra- taxi and just get right there. Sure. Yeah, I lucked out with that one. But <laughs> yeah. um, but from then on, I've I've been in a band. You know, that was my first gig, and and you know, I'm still I've been playing with this band for eight years now. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What are some of the things? That he talks about, like musically, like how does he how does he guide you into you know because you're not you're, it's not like you're you know y'all came up together mm-hmm. and you know you, you know you had like this unspoken thing for thirty years yeah. you know and where you know especially in the music that in uh, Maestro's music there's a lot of bass piano sort of not necessarily interplay all the time but it's always connected yeah you know? it's linked so for sure what, how how does he like portray to you what he's looking for and while still giving you the freedom to you know to do what you do well um i i kind of had a well I've, I've been listening to eddie since i was a kid so i think that helps in some that helped in some ways of just me connecting like i kind of knew the sound of the music i knew um i knew the music that you know that i love to listen to mm-hmm. but i never got a chance to play but um but luckily um the first time i played with him i i, I remember i was kind of like all right I kind of want to play like what's on the album, so I, mm-hmm. I transcribe everything. I, you know, I listen to all, all the stuff. I wrote it down, you know, and I started playing. I, and he stopped, like he stopped me. He was like, "Listen, play you. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, that stuff has been played." Right. And that as soon as he said that, it kind of clicked. I was like, "Man, you know what? Yeah, right. <laughs> I am gonna play me, man. You know, I'm gonna open up and do that." Right. So, so he gave me the freedom to do that. So, um, so, uh, so once I started doing that, um, he loved it. Like he, and you know, just my, by me studying, I used to listen to Kachow all the time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which is you know he loves Kachow. Like right. his his base, his favorite bass, Bobby Rodriguez, yep. um, Andy Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. You know that that hooked me up a lot. But just by me listening to these cats and and just you know I've been doing this since I was thirteen. You know, right, trying to right, listen, right. and finally I get the chance to play with somebody that that these guys were all in his band. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, it kind of allowed me to do do me but also kind of stick to yeah, you know sure. use that language use right. that whole other side right, right, right. but um but the way he hooks me up he gives me um he opens my mind to a lot of stuff like weekly i would say every time i see him he always has a new cd that he has like a record that he's been listening to mm-hmm. and it, it could go from anything man like um the last one I, I was just by his house not too long ago he the last one he gave me was a, a baden powell record mm-hmm. and um uh Baden Powell is like a, cl- a classical Brazilian guitarist, and uh, he has an album called I think it was Fresh Fresh Wind I think Fresh Wind, but it's with strings, 
And this thing is like beautiful, man. It's like he's just sitting there. He puts on. I went to his house. He puts on the record. And he's like, "Yo, listen to this." Mm-hmm. And it's just you know, it's just something that you wouldn't think right. Eddie would be listening to. But right. he's he's all about it. He's mm-hmm. he's the same. Like he loves music. He loves right. the way it makes you feel. Right. Um, and it opens up his mind too. He's already thinking about the next record, like mm-hmm. trying to record. You know, mm-hmm. this, that, this. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. I think it's just uh, the thing that he hooks me up the most is he inspires um, a lot of ideas mm-hmm. and he allows me to, to open open up. Um, a lot of cats, um, like especially today, like, I'll, you know, if you're in the scene, New York scene, mm-hmm. you probably know what I'm talking about, but um, uh, like salsa um, or Latin jazz or just, you know, even jazz, like a lot of cats want you to play a certain way. Like mm-hmm. they kind of restricting. Right. Um, um, you know, I'm not going to say it's always cool to open up and do what you got to do. Right. But if you're given the freedom to do that, it is good to, to actually exercise right. that, you know, and do that because it does change the music mm-hmm. to another type of music. I guess right. it's, you know, um, uh, Eddie's one of the few that, that allows me to actually open up. Like I could do what I want when I want. I could do, you know, as long as it's in context, obviously, right. I'm not right. going to go right. crazy or nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not another, uh, especially salsa. There's like no salsa bands that you could play that mm-hmm. don't want you to play that tumbao right. fifth joint, you know. Right, right, right. And and kind of keep it, you know, they're not open for you to even try some mm-hmm. other junk. But mm-hmm. the, the thing I think that hooked me up was that I was allowed to try. And even, you know, sometimes it'll come out whack. I know when it comes out whack, right. you know. Right. I'll, right, right. I'll hear it right away mm-hmm. and I'll go right back. But mm-hmm. just the fact that I'm actually trying to open it up and trying to right. do some something, you know, right. eventually I'll get it, I'll get it, you know, perfected. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, just by trying and, and you know, opening up, I think, uh, given the opportunity, luckily by Eddie, which yeah, is, right. you know, 77 years old, mm-hmm. man. It's like, mm-hmm. you would think the younger cats would be all about it, but, yeah, but you know, <laughs> it takes this cat to, yeah, it takes this cat to, you know, to yeah. actually let it, let it happen. Right. And it's, it's funny because we were just talking about this Gary Burton thing where he had his, like, his structure thing, you know? And I feel like this, the thing with Eddie's the same. A, a big part of it is, like you said, you've been listening to him since you were 13, maybe even earlier. Mm. So you already know the discipline of his music in yeah. terms of, like, harmony and the space that you have. And he already felt that in you. So he didn't need, he didn't feel the need to go through that initial part of root fifth, play my arrangement. He's like, man, you know, he probably knew from a couple notes that, okay, he's listened to my records long enough. Yeah. Let's go do something. You know, in terms of, and you know, again, it's funny, the 77 year old man is interested in making now music. Yeah. You know, he's not interested in, you know, he's made those records. They were really big sellers. People still love them, mm-hmm. but he's interested in making music now, yeah. you know, which is, which is really beautiful. Yeah. And he, and it's, it's really interesting because, um, like there'll be, I, I I'll never forget, man, it was one gig we did, um, <laughs> I forgot where it was, but I really hope somebody recorded it, but. We went out there and we played free for 45 minutes. Hmm. Eddie Palmieri played hmm. like just just open, like just, you know, every now and then he'll start a groove mm-hmm. and he'll stop it and we'll go into some just like red. He'll point at somebody, somebody takes off, mm. you know, just like um, it was just so open. But like I could imagine what his audience, <laughs> with these, you know, they came to see, you know, Eddie Palmieri, yeah, you right. know, son of Latin music. Yeah, right, right. And, you know, it was just one of those those moments that I just right. remember being like, man. <laughs> If he man, like he right. don't he don't care if he's yeah. feeling something right. or if you know he lets the music mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. it's him that's what it is the way he's feeling a certain night that's exactly right. what's what's gonna happen right. you know had you his know. 
People got brought their dancing shoes. Yeah, I know. People lined up with these skirts on and waiting. He's like, yeah, so check this out. Yeah, guys. we'll start like a cha-cha-cha for like two minutes and then he'll stop it. And then we'll just go into free. <laughs> like so people get teased up. It was, it was the funniest, man. It was, oh, man. It was real cool. Though. That's really funny. Um, so let's talk about, speaking of now music, let's talk about some of the things you're doing now. I know... You've been part of Sean Jones's band for a really long time. Mm-hmm. You've been uh, part. You've been part of Christian Scott's band for a long time. I know you play with Oren Evans quite a bit. Uh, three people who are really, um, really about making now music in the studio on stage. You know what I mean. Um, so talk about some of those experiences. Um, I'll start with Christian because I've known Christian the longest. Um, Christian is like a brother. He's my cat, Christian Scott, and. Um, and uh, I was there from the beginning, man. We were like, we hung the first day of, of Berkeley, you know. Mm. And from then on, like every day we would get up and chill. Yeah. Do something musically, do something just, you know, ignorant, you know. <laughs> just everything, you know. Right. So I was, um, it's, his music has evolved so much, man. Like if you check out his earlier stuff, uh, which I'm on, like the Rewind That and, and Anthem, which mm-hmm. are the two, and the one before that, which is called Christian Scott. Um uh his music has just kept evolving 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 um i'm still a part of it a part of his stuff but i'm not the main bass player anymore mm-hmm. okay. but um but he he was the he was the i would say the first man to put the to to add that rock element that that true rock guitar stuff mm-hmm. like you know power chords and all that stuff into his music and then right. it just kept evolving he started um arranging around the guitar mm-hmm. you know doing stuff the melodies with the guitar is floaty mm-hmm. you know christian scott sound like, yeah. he has his own sound now. sure sure but um but that was a great experience it was, it was probably the only band other well other than my band other than inside that were cast my age mm-hmm. so i was able to man when it was getting to hang with these cats it was like man yeah. it was like a release like right. just you know you know you could actually you know joke around mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. you could you know mess around it's like you know it's right. like a family right so um so that that was that was great throughout college and um but I had to I started getting busy with Eddie so right. and, and with Gary so I, that kind of took him right you know he right. had to find somebody to, to be there all the time mm-hmm. which you know which is what what happens yeah. you know sure sure but um but yeah that's that was my first uh my first joint and then uh then I met I met uh Sean Jones through through Ralph Peterson mm. there was a band that we had um uh it was Ralph's band his sextet with Mickey Hayama playing piano, mm-hmm. Tia Fuller, mm-hmm. and Sean Jones mm-hmm. um, on trumpet, yep. and Walter Smith. Walter oh, yeah. Smith was playing oh, nice. tenor, nice, nice. Um, it, which was a great band. It's yeah, like maybe one crazy. live recording out of that joint. And really, it's it's really killing. Like a lot of some people haven't, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's slowing around there. But right. um, but through that, I learned. Uh, I, I started playing with Sean Jones. Sean Jones was at the time was putting together a band. He wanted um, some cats, um, so he grabbed me, um, Obed, Calvair, yep. um, Orn, which I've never played with before, mm-hmm. uh, before playing with Sean, mm-hmm. and um, Walter Smith and Tia. So it was almost the same band, but right. a little bit, a little bit, little bit uh, yeah. Um, so we recorded a record, uh, Roots was our first. Mm-hmm. That, that might have been actually the first time I played with Orn. Is, on, is that that, on that record date. Okay. So I remember meeting him. You know, everything was cool. But yeah. you know, I'm sure those <laughs> it was a Hispanic motherfucker. Right. You know. <laughs> Peep. Sorry. But, um, <laughs> um, but uh, so you know, I started playing with Sean, going out road with Sean. Um, at first, we started. We were working a lot, but Sean also had uh, Lincoln Center right. that he was working with. Right. So we couldn't work 
too much, which actually kind of helped my schedule because I was with Eddie mm-hmm. uh, or still with Eddie. But, you know, since I was playing busy with that, I, stuff was lining up really good. Like mm-hmm. I was able to go on tour with Eddie, mm-hmm. also do these hits with Sean, right. do the CD, you know, so mm-hmm. it was working out really nice. Um, and then Orrin started calling me to play in, um, in his band. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time I think I played with his band was actually, could have been his birthday, uh, mm-hmm. Celebration 2007, I think it was. Wow. Maybe 2008, mm-hmm. but that was with Tim Warfield and uh, 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 Eddie Henderson. Oh, yeah. And Obed. Okay. And that was, it was a hang, man. Once, as soon as we started playing, you know, that's that, just that rhythm section with mm-hmm. me, Oren, and, and Obed, it's yeah. just, it's just so easy to play. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's, it feels like nothing. Like, it's like, damn, all right. right, right <laughs> you know, right. you trust everybody in there. Mm-hmm. So I started working a lot with Oren. Um, it kind of got our rhythm section stuff really tight right. um, so that when we play with Sean, it's like a whole nother, you know, it's a whole nother vibe also when you add the horns. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, so that, like, currently now I'm, I'm playing with Oren Evans uh, with his trio sometimes with um, with his uh, sept was a quintet sometimes <laughs> the big band you know right, right, right. um and i'm on a couple of records with them and then with sean uh sean's quartet which he changed it to a quartet recently the, okay. the next record that's coming out in june is a quartet okay and then with eddie palmary so. right right those are your those are your those are my gigs of, yeah. my current situation now yeah, yeah. so we're going to take another break and uh on this one we're going to play a track off of natalie fernandez's new album which is out on Truth Revolution Records. Uh, album is called Nuestro Tango, and we're going to play a track that Lucas wrote uh, entitled "Free Me." You want to talk about it a little bit, man? Um, yeah. Um, originally, I I, uh, I wrote this a little while ago, and um, there was a point that you know we need another song on the on the CD, <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to resurface it, and um, it actually came out cool. Um, we did like a mixture of um, Natalie wrote some some lyrics to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Giovanni Amonte did some poetry on it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. cool. So uh, yeah, enjoy nuestro tango. Thank you. 
Freedom is no flag. Freedom is no law. There's no constitution that can guarantee liberty, whether we call it fascism, communism, or democracy. The symbols may be replaced, but power is what men seek. Power to define, deny the people their humanity. Life is a beautiful struggle. And through every shadow lies lesson. And if we listen in the dissonance, there's harmony. We can fill our books with rules and ideology. Fill our minds with science and philosophy. But if our souls are not whole, then what we live is psychopathy. Our shadows, left to their own devices, become the beasts that feed on vices. And your world becomes a reflection of the war within. The violence begins when we fail to listen to the wisdom eternal and forever within each of us. There may be no freedom because our journey seems written. But no man should have the right to stand in the way of our story. Live in your truth and you live the glory of the true human Welcome back. You're listening to the Truth Revolution Records podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Michelle, and I'm here with Lucas Curtis, who is founder and multiple hat wearer for the label. Um, so let's let's talk about TRR a little bit, Lucas. Let's talk about um, kind of the history of it, you know, and kind of what what kind of message. You know, obviously it's an independent label, um, mm. so it's it's got to be founded on something more than commercial. Success. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> right, you know, um, including commercial success, but not, 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 that's not the, the sole goal. And what are some of the goals about it? So history, uh, the message, and some of the goals that you guys have. Uh, well, uh, it kind of all started, um, my brother and I, obviously, the in, insight, we, we, we were pushing, there was a point that we were pushing that band pretty, pretty hard. Like, you know, we were traveling a lot um, to California. Um, and I, you know, a couple of other tours that we did, we went to Havana, Cuba, um, uh, we were writing new music, everything was kind of rolling and, uh, we were approached by a, a record label, you know, that wanted to produce our next record. So, um, so we're like, all right, you know, let's, let's check it out. Let's, let's see what's happening. Um, this is before a Genesis, you know, mm-hmm. this is like right before a Genesis. Um, so we went in, uh, had a meeting, um, and the terms were, like there were just terms, you know. We we understood what, kind of what we were getting into, but we didn't realize exactly what was happening. You know, like um, how much they actually would own, um, how much, you know, just the terms. Right. You know, uh, what kind of um, release it would be. Mm-hmm. You know, who it would be linked with, um, uh, how they would advertise it. Right. Um, you know, recouping and uh, you know just everything right, was right, was right. was. You know, it was a kind of, I kind of looked at each other like, mm, all right, this could get interesting. Right. Um, and at the time, um, I was working a lot, and Sakai was happened to be working a lot too. And he, you know, he, he had, we had, you know, some funding that we were, you know, so we're like, you know what, why don't we just, why don't we just put this out by ourselves, man? Right. You know, we, we get to produce, we have enough fans, and at least Hartford based, mm-hmm. and, um, and we're working on, you know, building fans in California. You know, we had something grow, you know, growing. Right. So like, man, let's just put it out ourselves. We get a hundred percent of, you know, right. <laughs> whatever happens. You know, all we gotta do is pay pay for the pay for with the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what sparked the idea of of coming up with our own record label. You know, True Revolution Records. So, um, uh, so once we put out, you know, 
a Genesis, obviously, you know, you have a record label. People start sending you things like, oh, I got this record. Mm-hmm. You know, I got that record. You know, right. well, you know, why don't you put this out? And at first we we're kind of like, no, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot of work, man. We're going to have to start this thing up. Um, you know, uh, what if somebody sent us something we don't really want to back it? You know, how do we approach that situation? Because they're, they're boy, you know, it's just, right. you know, just right. like, right. you know, just normal stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, but then we started thinking like, you know what, let's let's do it. There's, there's enough of our boys that are great musicians that don't have records out. Mm-hmm. Enough of our cats. Um, so I think the second one we actually put out might have been Damien's record, uh, mm-hmm. King Solomon, yep. um, my oldest brother, which was, has been working on his hip hop things for like, for years you know he's 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 our older brother and um so we're like you know let's just try let's just try to see how much in the red we could you know right obviously we'd have to buy the cds nobody's really buying cds anyways mm-hmm. so let's just see what happens so we put that one out um you know nobody really bought anything but at least right. you know the the record label is, is building you right. know we started right. no- noticing the um people were starting to take notice a little bit you know people were like oh you guys have your own record label boom 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 um so then we started, uh, you know, just uh, just trying to do something for the artists that uh, major labels uh, weren't approaching, mm-hmm. you know, or music that we thought was great, but that that people actually didn't know about. Right. So we're starting to, you know, we're starting to think about who who should we produce. So now we're thinking about, you know, producing records. Mm-hmm. Um, we necessarily didn't have to be on them. Right. But. At the time, we were thinking, man, we'll, we'll be on it, we'll play for free, you know, right, and that, right, that'll right. just be more, you know, whatever. That'll mm-hmm. just be more money that we could pocket for if we're producing mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. or that's more money that we don't have to, you know, put out yeah, there and yeah. be in the red. Sure. So, um, so then we did, um, uh, we did Giovanni Almontes. Uh, his he had a rap album already finished, everything was ready, but nobody knew about it. So we're yeah. like, you know, let's let's release yeah. it, let's let's put it out. But associate, he's a great friend of ours, you know, mm-hmm. uh, soon to be family. But mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, we could. You know, everybody could profit from this. There's no, you know, there's no downfall. Right. You know, the only thing is that we put money in, in it at the beginning. Yeah. But if you put in the work, you know, anybody could see money back. You know, yep. if you go to the record stores, yo, I got 10 You know, if you do the hustle. Right, eventually. So eventually it'll come back to you. So we kind of thought that would be the the way to approach this thing. And the artists that we were trying to pick up were, were people that we thought would be interested in doing something like this, being um, associated with, with a with a group of um, you know musicians basically mm-hmm. that are um, that are just trying to do something different and, and form a bigger you know bigger alliance than you know than most you know record companies or right. whatever you know just try to get something something happening. So that's kind of what it started picking up, um, and that was I would say, dang. Uh, Nine years ago, mm-hmm. eight years ago, that we started this up. Yeah. So now it's already kind of you know it's growing. Like yeah. it's, it's just every day by day we take it, but it's it's a lot of work, but it's it's growing. Like and yeah, and hopefully people um, realize that it's it's not a um, it's not a corporational thing. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's we're just musicians trying to help out each other. Like right. we want to make it to, to be like something that you know everybody's like, oh man, did you check out this cat's new album? And then they by looking at the website, they check out you know other cats new albums you know (laughs) stuff that's associated Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that's basically what we the reason why we put it up right speaking of website the website for the label is truthrevolutionrecords.com and there you can you know see all the artists that are on the label you know some scheduling and there's a link to all the social media and you could join the mailing list and do all sorts of things uh man talk about some of the artists that you guys have on the label uh right now um 
we're working on uh, releasing right like right now releasing um, I don't know when this is gonna air so mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in May uh, 2014 we're releasing uh, Ray Vegas mm. new album so that's our most recent um, uh, um, person to join the label um, the cast that we have that's that already released things are Sarah Charles um, which is a great vocalist mm-hmm. must check her stuff out sure. and she's uh, working on now her new her new album. And which should be coming out hopefully by the end of the year. Nice, nice. Um, we have a uh, great percussionist, um, uh, Little Johnny, Pequeño Johnny from um, Puerto Rico, uh, which lives here now. And he's part of, also part of Eddie Palmieri's band. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Chris Allen, which released his album. Hopefully we're waiting on, waiting on the next one. <laughs> hopefully that comes out sometime. Right. But... Um, uh, Nick Roseboro, mm-hmm. which is a tr- great trumpet player. You know, these are all our, our cast that we that we grew up either grew up with or just know. Like, yep. you know, their music is um, is great music, or you know, respect respect them as people. You know, they're great people. Um, everybody's willing, to, you know, to fight for the cause. Um, we're in the process of putting together Andy Gonzalez's next mm-hmm. record, so that's that's you know that's in planning. That should be out by the end of the year. Um, Obviously, us, the Curtis brothers, you right. know, with our independent and also, you know, we're planning on doing our own stuff also, like, you know, Zakai Curtis and oh, okay. nice. projects, Lucas nice. Curtis project. Okay. Um, my brother, King Solomon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm trying to think who else is on with Aaron there. Burnett. Aaron Burnett. Burnett. I forgot about him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aaron Burnett's there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, you know. Sly Fifth Avenue right. just just started, um, yep, you know, distribution and stuff with us. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's this, you know, there's a slew of cast that that, and it's all it's all in the same idea. Like we're we're all musicians trying to trying to put something out, you know, trying to trying to make right. something work, and and we want to see what we put into our you know our projects are our kids. Right. So what we put into our kids, we want to see that you know that prosper in some way, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't want to. You know, be going out on tour and having to, you know, you're selling CDs, yeah, but you don't see any of this this money that you're seeing that right. you're selling the CD for, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Right, right. The, uh, you know, one of my favorite things about uh, Truth Revolution Records is, you know, first of all, the the way that you guys take advantage of the techn- technological advancements, you know, mm-hmm. um, without ignoring the traditional, you know, work that needs to be put in. You mm-hmm. know, I think a lot of times people expect social media to do the work, mm-hmm. but you also have to make sure that like the people know your face and, you know, and there's really this balance, you know, I use your Kickstarter for com- completion of proof as like, you know, a real, as an example of how to do it, you mm-hmm. know, where it's like your video Obviously, we're using Kickstarter. You know, yeah, Kickstarter yeah. is like a new thing. Mm-hmm. But then the video, it's just like, man, look, this is who we are. It's very real. You know, it's like, you know, we've got these cats. Here they are talking about, you know, whatever. Not necessarily asking for money, just talking about life. And, you know, uh, Pedrito has, I, I love what he says on yeah, that yeah. video. You know what I mean? And, you know, I found out about Joe Ford, mm-hmm. you know, about from that video. I found out about, like, his him growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like there's this personal connection and this technological thing, and both of them are key to the success of of the label and of the people who come to join. So if you're not of that mind, 
you know, and it's and it's really cool that you guys seem to keep finding people who are of that mindset yeah. where it's like, yeah, you know, we believe in the technology. This is the advantage that we have over cats in the 70s and the 60s who could maybe even afford like a small studio but couldn't do the rest of it to make it work. So they had to find a major or fail, you know. Mm-hmm. So we have that advantage with the technology. But then you still, you know, you still have to be able to go to, you know, a 50 50- person bar and make them feel like you're playing for them yeah, you know what i mean yeah. and if you don't have that skill then you're not going to be able to succeed but then and it's all like in this great like family environment you know what i mean i really really do appreciate that yeah that's what it is it's all family you know everybody everybody that's associated with our label or even part of our label is is somebody that we've you know we've in a personal level we know like it's like people that we go out and hang you know go have dinner we could easily call any of these cats up and have lunch with them you know mm-hmm. or even you know just talk you know as a in a you know personal setting so right right um and let's let's talk a little bit uh talk a little bit about um just like artists who are part of the label you know how do they is it like and we've we've touched on it a little bit but mm-hmm. let's get a little more specific is it like you know i'm signed to trr you know, uh, I get my advance for my for my studio time, and you guys handle all the artwork, and you know, just uh, you know, let me know when 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 the tour dates are, or is it where they're where they feel, you know, where they're working alongside you, and they feel like they're part of the movement, and you know, what kind of what kind of feelings are you guys trying to take get from your artists as they work with you? Well, be- because it's an artist run label. Uh, it, hopefully that the artists are there working with us you know mm-hmm. it's 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 not it's not as you know it's not as corporation as as you know as people you know think at least the situation um our situation is a lot different than others because mm-hmm. um obviously you know time is money you know right. it's uh, having people work there's so many different things that that we should be doing but we don't have the manpower but you know it's you know this we run into situations all the time daily right. you know but if if you come into the mindset, like into the label with the mindset that you're going to be working on your album or even just working with the, with the, with a group of people that believe in music or that, right. that, um, that respect music that, that, you know, that, um, that just want to get, you know, good music out to people, then I think you'll be fine. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not the type of thing that, that we're expecting people to, you know, once, once they get whatever they, they want, you know, whatever the, the contract is for, right. that they're going to, you know, disappear. They're going to go, right. you know, go back home and just chill mm-hmm. out and wait for stuff to roll in. Right. That's not, right. that's definitely not, not going to happen. You know, <laughs> I hate <laughs> right, to right. say, you know, right. you got to kind of come in here. It is something we're starting something, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it is a, it is, it is a, a start of like, I guess a musical revolutional, you know, right. thing of a way of thinking of, right. you know, putting out your record. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, we're going to go into a break, and we're going to break into uh, a track off of Completion of Proof, uh, this track called Madison. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, uh, Zakai wrote this song. Um, uh, he wrote this for our niece. We have a niece um, named sure. Madison. I know Madison. <laughs> she's very beautiful. She's the dancer, and um, and she, yeah, so this is uh, a song that was inspired by her that um that's a Cairo and um I take a bass solo. You know, it's just uh, a nice kind of almost blaze out some R Blakey Blakey riffs in there. Cool. Cool. <laughs> but yeah. Alright, so enjoy Madison from Completion of Proof. Mm-hmm. 
you want to share before we get going um uh yeah well just you know just support you know it's it's a it's it's the beginning stages and we need all support we could get uh you know just don't and also you know don't be close-minded toward the music you like like you know let's say you you like um latin jazz music and you like what we're putting out latin jazz check out the jazz section you know check out the hip-hop section check, check out you know just keep your mind open you know just support support we need we need you guys support sounds great so we're going to sign off from this end. My name is Jonathan Michelle, and you're listening to the Truth Revolution Records podcast. You can find us at truthrevolutionrecords.com. And um, we're going to leave you with a cut off of Mitch Froman's Latin Jazz Quartet album. Uh, album's called From Daddy With Love. And the track we're going to hear is 4B Cha-Cha, Berry Bass bongo and the bell so lucas curtis jonathan michelle thanks for listening yeah thank you Ha 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 ha!